Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back hour two here on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Rolling with you guys. Text lines open. 512-337-3776. Love it. Everybody texting in today. You guys drive the show. It makes the show so much more fun when you text in. We're asking you, big fat poll today. How many points does Texas have to score for you to be comfortable with the offense? How many points? So we'll ask the bland one and we'll ask the more in-depth one. If you want to get more in-depth, how many in the half? Do you want to see him throw the ball more? What do you want to see from this offense that's going to make you start to feel comfortable going into Big 12, starting to play some of these harder games, playing against a Kansas, playing against a Oklahoma? What is going to make you feel a little bit better about these games? What is it going to be? What's the number for you for Texas? Getting back to your text, 512-337-3776 is how you can, uh, how you can send in the text. Uh, not an app guy has 50. 50 may be rough. I, look, I'll feel real comfortable in the offense if we score 50. If that offense starts rolling where you run the ball well enough and you start to get go roll downhill and then the, the deep ball opens up and Quinn's hitting everybody and Quinn's feeling like he's the guy again and especially against that, you know, like, you know, the three safety looks are the ones that we're going to worry about all season. It doesn't matter. You could put up 70 today uh, on, on Saturday and you're still going to worry when he has the 3D. Until Quinn beats that, it's going to be something. And you look, maybe you don't have to. Maybe just run the ball on it. Doesn't matter. You can keep running. I want 45 or more total. I would love 30 in the first half. I do not see that happening. I would love it too. I do not see it happening. 70! You want a 70 spot. Look, God bless you for wanting it. But a 70 spot is what you're looking for there with Baylor. 21-3 to at halftime. 45-17 the final score. I like that. Uh, that's, that's very doable. The 17, I'd like to see them not score two touchdowns. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see our red zone defense be able to step up and not allow the big plays over the top. So you say, you know, I'm going to spot most teams one touchdown uh, against this Texas defense. I'll say you get one touchdown, and then it's a question of how many times you can actually play well against this defense and one doesn't slip through. And uh, so, you know, maybe maybe 13. Maybe 13 is where I'm looking. I know maybe I'm underestimating this this Baylor, deep, this Baylor offense, but I, I think Texas can hold them to 13-16. I think uh, around that number is what something's possible they could hold them to. We get a cobbler. Are you still on the cobbler pie? The the pie versus cake conversation we were, we had a few uh, last week, I think it was, with uh, Aaron Hogan and Rob Babers when they were on the show, and we went cobbler. Uh, it was pie versus cake. You went cobbler, which I'm assuming you're the kid that enjoys camping. Uh, I'm too fat to camp now. I got an AC, a real bed. I tried to go camping with my buddies and – we went down to Del Rio, and I got we got there too late, so my tent my tent wasn't set up right. So the first night I wake up, and the whole tent's collapsing on me. And then there was a huge storm, and my tent's halfway underwater, and I'm sleeping on, bro- on rocks. No fun. So, I, you know, 
That I just I just associate cobbler with camping for some reason. So I'm not I'm not a big a fan of it. I'm still sticking cake. I'm still a cake guy. You guys are all crazy. Uh, it's away in Waco. 14 in the first half. 31 total. All right, that's very doable. That's a very doable number. 24 at half with Baylor and no more than three to 40 with no more than three. And 46 to six to end it. Just feel like we are back. Yeah, 46 to six. I think you feel real, real good against this Baylor team. 45 with backups playing. Backups playing is a big one. You'd like to see them pull away enough in this game that you do get to see some backups. Sark did talk about it. We may play that sound to you uh, about the wide receivers and trying to get some of those guys into the game. Uh, Texas needs to score 42 points, 21 in the first half. Balance in order for Sark's offense to have more success. All I want from this team in, is a win every game by double digits. I like that. I like the I like the theory in that. I'm I, I'm kind of on board with that because you just want to win and double digit wins are good, but those double digit wins depend. Like that Oklahoma win against SMU, that double digit win isn't as good as it looked because they see SMU could have won that game very easily. Defense wins championships. The longer the offense on the field, it gives that awesome defense a chance to stay fresh. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that you you know you want to have a few touchdowns. Uh, you would like to be able to you know run the ball well enough that you do get that defense fresh. Do not allow Baylor more opportunities to get the big playoff. Offense thirty eight, defense thirteen or less. I like that number. That is a, a good number from KO there. In all sincerity, I think just win. Look at our Big Twelve road record since Sark took over. It's three and five. I think that this game will tell us a lot about how our team handles success and if it's truly going to be a different story. I think if we cover the 15 points, that will say a lot. Biggest thing, we get the, the W through. Yeah, uh, you know what? It is a just win. You, we are in the Big 12. It is a point of, you know what, you just have to win these games. Now, we're talking of where do you feel comfortable. I agree with you. Just win. Like, the win is the most important thing. If, they, if Texas wins this close, we're going to come back on Monday, though, and not be thrilled about this game. So I, I think we do need to get – I'm looking at it, where are we going to be happy with this team? It's kind of where I'm trying to baseline with you guys on Monday, where I can walk in on Monday and say, good game. Or if I know you guys are going to be a little bit more upset, we got to kind of tone it back and, you know, say, all right, let's find out what the problems are. Texas loses if Quinn Ewers turns the ball over. So Sark should watch Miami Dolphins film break down the motion broken down by Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. Yeah, look, I, I think that, Quinn has done a very good job of protecting the football this season. He understands how valuable it is. Sark preaches it like crazy about turnovers. In fact, you know what? Let me play you this sound. Let me play you if I can find emphasizing turnovers. This was Sark today talking about turnovers and kind of defensively how much they really try and get him and how much he emphasizes keeping the ball on offense. It is a big part of Sark's game plan. Here's Sark talking about emphasizing turnovers. Well, you know, I think one, you know, we've emphasized it in a way to where we've worked a lot of drills um, and we, we do a lot of that drill work even in season before every practice, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday practice, we do a turnover circuit offense versus defense where we're punching, grabbing at the ball uh, on Thursday's practice. The defense does their turnover circuit uh, while the offense is getting warmed up. And so a, the emphasis on, on trying to do it. And then B celebrating the heck out of it. You know, we've, we've, I mean, I borderline thrown a pool party in the middle of practice for a turnover. You know, I just try to make it such a big deal when we create that turnover and, and then offensively, you know, not trying to make anybody feel bad, but the, the message is simple. Don't be that guy. You know, don't be that guy Monday morning when I show good, bad and ugly and you're that guy 
turning that ball over or potentially turning the ball over where that ball's getting punched loose. So we've placed a huge emphasis on it um, so far. So, so good. Um, I think we can be better, especially at protecting the ball. I think we can be better at punching the ball out and creating more fumbles. We're getting interceptions, but I think we can create more fumbles. And so we're not settling where we're at. We're trying to continually improve upon it. Yeah, and that's I think he is emphasizing it. Quinn has done a great job of not turning the ball over. You just don't want him to fall into being a check down guy and being so worried about the turnover that you don't try and let it rip at points. I think Sark is trying to head up, set him up with some more plays to, you know, get some more options for man man coverage and coverage where he knows he's throwing it one on one. And Quinn feels pretty comfortable in that. I think he's a little bit gun shy of throwing where it may be a safety creeping over, especially those giant arcing balls that he, he we saw saw a couple of in the Alabama game that are great downfield passes, but they only work if it's one-on-one and your guy's got the lead, or else it's just a time bomb waiting to get picked off by a safety. we got a couple more of these texts, and we'll try and get to some NFL stuff as well. So text in. If you want to think you've got any NFL takes as well, hot seats, any of that, text that in as well, 512-337-3776. I don't really care how many points we score as long as we don't mess up in the red zone. That is a big thing for this Texas team. I think their red zone was a little bit better against Wyoming, but their red zone rate wasn't great of you know getting into the end zone versus kicking field goals. And we talk about you got to be able to run the ball, but running the ball gets real, real hard when those safeties are creeped up and the safety's only five or ten yards behind the line of scrimmage because you're eight yards, ten yards from the from the end zone. Once you get into that area, trying to stretch out and get the blockers you want to have in front of you, but also get wide receivers active. Getting Quinn Ewers to make that pass when everything is a bit more crunched in and that that risk for a turnover is a lot more. Those are things. I agree with you. Red zone play is a big factor that we want to see improve week-to-week basis of Quinn getting a little bit more assertive in it and comfortable in it because I think that's going to be a big part is Quinn seeing these defenses, being able to figure out where the play is. Now, a couple of these are drops. There's been two or three drops that are not Quinn's fault at all that should have been touchdowns and they end up being field goals. So it's not all on Quinn, but it is going to be on Quinn to continue to spot those wide open plays where he put the ball where it needed to be. He he's you know either Sark called it or Quinn you know figured it out and you got the ball where it needed to be and the guy just dropped it. He's hit a couple of those. Even that one in the Alabama game where it looked like Kool Aid McKinstry got in there and he got a pass breakup on Jonathan Brooks. That was that was a perfect pass. It was done perfectly. If Jonathan Brooks sees the ball and instead of you know worries about seeing Kool Aid McKinstry possibly taking his head off then he probably takes that and walks into the end zone because McKinstry is going to be flying in front of him. So I, I think he's done well, and some of those numbers may be a little off because of drops, but that's part of it too. you got to be able to get sure-handed in that red zone because you may be taking shots, and guys are constantly going to be around you. I like that a lot, though. you got to get the red zone. 20-plus points per half for us and less than 10 point half per half for ta- uh, Baylor. I agree with that one as well. Uh, winning on first downs always from a man, Chan. you just still, still, still concerned. You're still concerned, Chan. Don't be concerned. I know we play to our competition, but we Texas has been doing a little bit better. I think that was more about the three highs. The three highs for Wyoming, the three high for, for Rice, kind of. It's somewhat of Sark's script tonight. We heard Joe Cook talk about that earlier. We'll put that up on the podcast page. Joe Cook talking about it. it it's somewhat of his script tonight. They're going to have to figure that out because more and more teams are going to keep doing it against Texas. I guess their defense or special teams could score, but that's when it becomes a runaway game. You just want to get turnovers. 
So the score or not, it, it's if you can get a couple turnovers on this Baylor team, it will help out a lot. 20-plus points in a double-digit lead at half. Just far enough ahead to let Malik and Arch play a quarter or two. Bench play. I would really love to see the bench play. I'd love to see Jontae Cook get in. I'd love to see Ryan Nibley get in. I'd love to see Isaiah Naor get in. I'd love to see uh, uh, Kane get in. You know, get those wide receivers. Get some wide receiver reps in there as well. Those young guys are the future at wide receiver because Jay Witt's going after this year. Xavier Worthy's going after this year. A.D. Mitchell's probably going after this year. J.T. Sanders is probably going after this year. So I'd like to see some of the new guys get a little bit of playing time wherever you can because a lot of those guys are going to be gone after this season if everything goes the way Texas wants. He's going to be a very different wide receiver core with a new quarterback next season. Let those young guys get a little bit of playing time. 42-10, 14-3 at half. Only 14 and a half? That's doable. I like 42-10. It's a real number. 35-plus on Aranda's D, especially because it means so much to Baylor to beat us this year. Like everyone, our D needs to hold between 10 and 14. 35-plus, I think is really a good number against an Aranda D. You're right. They are going to come out. But I think that may be a little bit of a problem if those guys get over-anxious. If the guys get a little over-anxious and are trying to really pass rush hard and don't get the pass rush in, then it's going to mean that Quinn Ewers is able to get out on them. If you're pass rushing and, and you miss the tackle – I think they, you know, you know, we may see some guys trying go out and, and take a big hit on somebody, but you know, if you miss that hit, if you get out there and can play, then we'll know. Then you can get out there. How can we watch the punt pass and kick competition? I've not even heard an update on it. I will talk to my man Jacob and Ty, and we'll we'll figure. I'm sure they're going to post it up soon enough. Uh, I have not heard anything. They have not, neither one of them has sent me an update, so I do not know. Uh, Jacob has not told me. Uh, that Ty, he told me last time that Ty embarrassed himself at the wing challenge. So I don't think he's embarrassed himself. Or else he has so bad that Jacob has refused to text me and tell me that Ty has embarrassed himself because he knows I take enjoyment uh, messing with Ty. I love my man Ty. We did Insincerious together when he first came into the station. I love Ty. Great guy. And I hope he, I hope he did well against Casey. I want, I want to see, I want to see him get his confidence back on some of these challenges. <laughs> I want to see 35 points per game, rush yards combined, 200 plus, and on D, hold the score under 20. I like that one. 35 points is kind of where I think that's where we're really if you're at 35 points, I think you're going to be happy. I think 40 points is where we're starting to push it. And Texas would add 40 against Wyoming if Jane Blue doesn't have the fumble. Don't want to pile on to Jane Blue, but he I'm sure Sark piled on him enough. 24-3 at halftime, 48-13 final. I like that score as well. Uh, it's going to be tough to get to 48 against a Dave Aranda defense, but if they can, that team is going to look really good. And I think you know, that's one of those ones that pollsters are going to look at. Uh, you know, this is a week, too. We have to remember Notre Dame is playing Ohio State, so you could drop if you don't have a great showing. One of those guys, whoever wins that game, could easily jump into the top three, kind of bump you down if that happens. Uh, and we also got to see the Alabama game. It'll it, it, Alabama's playing Ole Miss this week, but if Alabama loses to Ole Miss, kind of takes a little bit of luster off that win. So the ranking-wise, as much as it doesn't matter, you just got to win all your games and you'll get to where you want to be. Could all be there. Minimize drop balls and five-plus yards per attempt average runs. Less drop passes. I like all this. Uh, the minimizing drop balls is, of course, a huge, huge factor. Huge factor. Uh, especially in that red zone. Keep them off the field and crush in the second half. Uh, it's going to be hot, and availability is key. Rotate that defense. I like all of this. Uh, score 42 and win by 21. Uh, I think if you score 42, you should win by more than 21. Just personally, I think this defense for Texas is really good. I don't have as much faith in the Baylor offense. 
Tech had four turnovers against Oregon leading into the fourth. Could have won by a multi with a minute left than one of the turnovers. Uh, yeah, no, it, it look, I, uh, you know, I know you want to say that Quinn is not playing better than Texas Tech's quarterback. He is. He's got three wins. Uh, I know the numbers haven't been there, but that's play calling. Quinn Ewers is doing exactly what he needs to be doing. He has not done anything wrong. Uh, he hasn't looked, you know, he didn't look great in the Wyoming game. Again, we'll say three three safeties high is going to be a problem for him. But I don't, I do not take that Quinn has not outplayed uh, Texas Tech's quarterback Tyler Shuck. I don't think so. I think Quinn has outplayed him, and he's also three zero. So that at the end of the day, if you're making the decisions that don't cost your team, that I'm going to go with that guy. Uh, aren't we supposed to be better than Texas State if the score isn't way better than 42 and winning by 11 the rest of the season as doubts moving forward? That's not entirely true because, you know, the same reason that we were close with Rice is because we were preparing for Alabama. Baylor didn't give a crap about Texas State, didn't take them seriously, and that's why Texas State creeped up on them. Also, if we allow 31 points to Baylor and win, and win by 11, I'd be pissed off at that too because I don't think we should allow 30 points to Baylor. I think Texas State played a good game and they won. They did their job. I'm not going to compare Texas and Texas State. I know it's fun to do against Baylor, but uh, I, it's two different things. This is a team that we have played. We've played Baylor every single year. They're pissed off at us. The fans are going to be there cranked up, ready to go. Uh, I, I don't really put too much emphasis on Texas State versus Baylor versus us versus Baylor. It, that may be something they're going to do in San Marcos, uh, but Dave Aranda did not really – I don't think Dave Aranda cared enough about Texas State. That's one of the reasons why this team is 1-2. and two. They were trying to get to Big 12 week. That's what they were trying to do. we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into a little NFL. We'll keep taking your text, 512-337-3776. I do want to talk a little bit of NFL before we get out of here. Of course, the news about the Cowboys and some news, bad news out of Houston as well. Uh, just a little bit. We'll get you ready for tonight's game. We may play some sound from earlier and more and more of your text, 512-337-3776. When we come back here – on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Speak uh, uh, uh. pimping, baby. Back on the horn here on a Thursday afternoon, playing our big songs. That's the last one of the big songs. We'll get into a 512 Friday tomorrow, but I hope you enjoyed our big music theme. Get us ready for Big 12 Conference play coming up on Saturday. Love you guys joining the show on the text line, 512-337-3776. You guys have been killing it today. We asked you earlier, what's, a, what's the number that you need to see from this Texas offense? to feel comfortable 
going into Big 12 conference play, feel comfortable with this offense after a Wyoming game where you may not have felt fully confident in it, a Rice game where you may have not felt fully confident in this offense. Where do you want to see the number? This is kind of an easy evaluation. We asked you that. You guys have been killing it. Send it in. I think we're getting around 40. Some people are pretty demanding. 150, 60, 70. Some of you guys feel that this Baylor offense is going to put up some points. I don't know. You know, I'm going to play a little bit from uh, – for me and Rob B in just a minute, so we can get a little bit of you know their viewpoint on Sawyer Robinson. They know a little bit, you know, they have some good intel on Sawyer Robinson as well, the the backup quarterback who's going to be playing. And I know Wyoming had a backup quarterback as well. The difference of the Wyoming court backup quarterback and Baylor, and also Wyoming scored one touchdown as a rushing touchdown. But the difference of the Wyoming backup quarterback and the Baylor backup quarterback is we know who the Baylor backup quarterback is, and we know he's playing. We did not know that Wyoming was going to have a backup quarterback and that he was going to be playing. So I'm sure there was some prep for it, but uh, there was a lot more prep for the starting quarterback for Wyoming. I do want to talk a little NFL, uh, if you guys will indulge me, before we get to a little bit more talk of uh, Baylor versus uh, Texas. Uh, Of course, the big news today, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys tears his ACL in practice. Uh, So Baylor or the Cowboys take a huge shot. Cowboys take a huge shot in the defense. This defense had been killing it. We were playing sound yesterday from Dan Quinn talking about how he's learned to upgrade even more that defense of positionless football and being able to move guys around. But also, you know, he talked about, well, he talked to a coaching friend of his who told him, well, I could tell if you lined up three down linemen, then I knew what Micah was going to do. And if you lined up four down linemen, I knew what Micah was going to do. He says, okay, well, how can we switch up our personnel and switch up our positioning and, and change it up so we don't really have to change what we want to do, but change up what we're showing so that people can't read our tells. Just like playing a poker game and someone says, well, your eyes do this. You go, well, I'll put on sunglasses. And that's how Dan, Dan Quinn did it. He said, we're going to put on some of those sunglasses and you won't be able to tell now our Twitch. you got to find a different tell. So they'll find out something different or maybe they'll figure something out. But it is a big hit. You are, you're happy now that you picked up Gilmore. In the offseason, because if you don't pick up Gilmore in the offseason, this secondary is hurting pretty bad. You make the trade where you get rid of Bossman Fats, pick up, uh, we'll say Chris O, uh, as the other cornerback. He is going to still be in backup. I believe they're going to try and move Deron Bland over into uh, the other position and again uh, across from Gilmore and keep Jordan Lewis, Lewis in the uh, nickel package. So they're going to try and move some guys around inside and outside. Uh, but it is a huge blow because he is one of your dynamic players. You just paid him. Uh, I'm sure he is not thrilled to tear his ACL in practice as well. But you know those things are happening. You're happy to have a coach like Dan Quinn. This does now put it on to a little bit more emphasis that this offense is going to have to keep going. And this offense is going to have to figure out you know, a little bit more ball control and a little bit more of trying to put up some points. I think they will. I think Mike McCarthy has done a very good job of being the company man he needs to be. Something that we we – Complained about Kellen Moore yesterday, last year. We would complain about Kellen Moore. I would complain about Kellen Moore trying to go too much into his own bag and doing something that may not be best for the team. So I'm I'm pretty okay with the fact that Mike McCarthy is doing what's best for the team so far. And we've seen that work out pretty well. Uh, another note over in uh, Houston, Derek Stingley, the cornerback who wasn't really healthy last year, hurt his hamstring and missed most of the season last year for the, the Texans, comes back this season, is playing really good football, and hurts his hamstring in practice. He is now going to be out, they believe, four weeks. Going to try and get him healthy. We know Jalen Petrie, the guy, uh, second-year player, 
had a bruised lung, I believe, so he is still coming back. They're starting to get some players back. This O-line is beat up, and the Texans are just very beat up. Not what you want to see when you trade away your first-round draft pick uh, next season. You kind of were hoping to be able to get three or four more wins that you're going to be lost in there. But I do think later on in the season, as some of these players are getting healthy, a lot of them are not out for the season. Stingley's out four weeks. Juice, uh, Juice Scruggs is out four weeks. Laramie Tunsil's knee is getting better. You may be able to get some of these guys back, this O-line pick back up. C.J. Stroud is actually doing pretty well. A weird stat that there's two quarterbacks in the top ten quarterbacks in passing yards right now with no interceptions. Both of them don't have a win. C.J. Stroud and and uh, uh Justin Herbert. And that gets me to where I want to talk about uh, the, the best 0-2 teams. And we may get to worst ones if we have time. If not, we'll, we'll get to them t- tomorrow. But the best 0-2 teams looking right now in the NFL, because it is still early enough, 0-2, you're able to come in and kind of bounce out of this. You're still able to recover and turn your season around. We know Houston is not one of those teams. Arizona is not one of those teams. Chicago what is happening in Chicago? You know, I don't want to speculate on what is happening with the defensive coordinator. We've heard rumors. Hopefully that is not true. Hopefully that is just some some weird reporting and somebody getting over-anxious. Hopefully that's not true. I've read it too many places. I don't like it. But hopefully it's not true. Denver, I don't think, is bouncing back. Sean Payton, I think this Russell Wilson experiment is not going to work with Sean Payton. I don't know if he's, you know, he may be walking back some of the trash talk he's doing to Nathaniel Hackett after this 0-2 start. I don't know if they bounce back. Carolina, Bryce Young now has an injured ankle. They have the whole issue that they kept trying to quarterback sneak it, but you can't quarterback sneak it with Bryce Young because he's too small. So they'd have to bring in Andy Dalton, but once you bring in Andy Dalton, everybody knows your quarterback's sneaking it. See, then you have to run a trick play off the side of it, so you're trying to buy it, but now everybody knows that you put in Andy Dalton, you're probably not going to quarterback sneak it. It's a weird world they're living in in Carolina right now. Don't see them coming back and making a big difference. Uh, and then we get into some of the fun teams. The Los Angeles Chargers, if I'm running that team, and I know that there is issues with money in this, this organization because it is a, a pass-down team, but if I'm running the L.A. Chargers and I have control, Brandon Staley is fired, he's, he's gone. I don't even let him coach this week, to be honest with you. I say, man, I can't believe we waited this long. I fired Brandon Staley because you win that Miami game if Brandon Staley coaches a better defense. And I get Miami's really good offense, but they, they played a good enough game. And honestly, as much as I don't like Kellen Moore or didn't like him in uh, in Dallas, I don't dislike Kellen Moore. I just didn't like him in Dallas. I didn't like the fit with Dak Prescott. I do like the fit with Justin Herbert. I put Kellen Moore as the interim head coach of this team, get another defensive mind in there, and I try and go with it. I think I think they're doing pretty good. The question is, how healthy is Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow's healthy. He's not started well in the past. I'm not as worried. I think Cincinnati is going to be okay. And so I'm going to say the Chargers in Cincinnati are fighting right now. Until Brandon Staley is fired, Cincinnati is still the best 0-2 team in my mind. And Minnesota Vikings, they make the trade for Cam Akers. There's a reason he's available for nothing. You didn't build your O-line. You built a whole game plan, this screwy way to try and get, you know, just throw the ball. And I'll still say, I don't think... That Texas, I don't think that Minnesota re-signs or re-signs and doesn't trade. I don't think in three years that Justin Jefferson will still be a Minnesota Viking. I do not think he will be. They got rid of Randy Moss after they paid him. I know that's old ownership. That was Red McCombs, but they got rid of him. They got rid of Stephon Diggs when he wanted money. I think they're not going to succeed. They're going to say we're a small market. We got to move on. That's what I think is going to happen. I want to play you something for me and Rob B. Talking about Baylor. 
talking about talking about uh, the new quarterback, the backup quarterback for Baylor, and what Texas needs to do, and kind of a preview for Texas Baylor from Ian Robbie from Hook 'Em Up this morning, uh, six to eleven a.m. every morning, right here on the Horn. All right, let's talk some Texas Baylor. Uh, shout out to my man uh, CJ Vogel, does a great job over at uh, Football Brainiacs. He had a nice stat, a factoid. Love the facts. That I went and did some research on. Uh, he's at CJ Vogel underscore TFB uh, in the Twitterverse. Uh, Baylor's quarterback, Sawyer Robertson, we talked about him because uh, he's, he's inefficient. All right? he's, got, he's, he's a very limited quarterback. But this was a little surprising. He actually has the longest A dot, which is average dis average, you know, distance of target of any quarterback in the NF, in the Big Twelve. Twelve point three yards. They throw it downfield with this dude. Uh, Baylor throws the ball twenty beyond twenty yards, the most of any team in the Big Twelve, throwing the fewest screens and quick passes uh, behind the line of scrimmage in conference play. That is troubling. Because it doesn't match up with what I've seen from Sawyer Robinson, and maybe they they shouldn't be doing that. They it should be the opposite. They should be throwing fewer deep balls, and they but I, they do throw some deep balls though. They will chunk it out there. I guess they believe maybe that's a strength Whoa. in his skill set. But I think they should be throwing more high percentage passes, easy completions for him instead of the deep ball. But they believe they can push the ball downfield. I think it's because they wanted he to complement their running game with yeah, that zone running the game. Up. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. It, it's also to make you pay for bringing your safeties up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, sorry. I mean, if you got a, a quarterback who's completing 44% of his passes, you might want to throw some quick ones. Get him some easy <laughs> ones. Right? But that makes sense as to why the completion percentage yeah, is so right. low. You're right. And he's throwing, throwing three picks. Yeah. And throwing um, it downfield a lot, yeah, which is probably too much. Too much. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they change that up a little bit because I'm sure the offense for Jeff Grimes was designed around Blake Shapin. You know, you got a new quarterback in there. You got to figure out his strengths and play to it a little bit. Maybe Texas sees something a little bit different on Saturday because they're going to have to do something because the Texas defense has been their best and most consistent unit without a doubt. Uh, they've been great stopping the run, and, and Baylor wants to run mm-hmm. the ball. Uh, front seven and the secondary is playing at a pretty darn high level. Ryan Watts is playing at a high level. Uh, the safety play with the Jade Barron yep. at the star position. Uh, you know, you really like that for Texas in that matchup. I think the Texas is more talented in their secondary versus the receiving core of the Baylor Bears. And it's been a pretty shocking fall for Dave Aranda, Rod. I mean, since winning the Big 12, you're 7-9. and nine. They've yeah. lost six straight games to Power 5 opponents. And it's it's the more shocking thing is that after you win a, a championship, I mean, most of the time, recruiting spikes. Recruiting, you know, you, you get a, a spike in recruiting. There's a windfall in recruiting because every your program is hot, your program is recognizable, and you're on a high. I don't know if Baylor got the bump. And it's weird. They didn't get they won the Big Twelve, but I don't I don't see the, the talent uh bump that well, they got from it. TCU had just had their best recruiting season in the history of the of the program. They didn't win the Big Twelve, they didn't win the national title either, but they went somewhere, they went to the national title, which shows you that once you you achieve, it's easier to recruit. So I wonder if they just didn't maximize on the recruiting trail. Well, and maybe that time. Dave Rand is not a good recruiter. <laughs> And, that and be, doesn't have a good recruiting staff. Man, I mean, yeah. look, in college football, you have to be able to coach, which I think Dave Aranda can do. I mean, Dave Aranda has shown he can coach D and coach ball. Yeah. But can yeah. he recruit? I mean, you see, you have to combine the, the ability to acquire talent and bring in players mm-hmm. and coaching. You, and then and when you're a defensive coordinator only, you're not in charge of recruiting, right? So that, that could be a limitation that Dave Aranda has. And, 
you know, Ed Orgeron could recruit, but he couldn't coach, right? So, now he did win a national title to give him but credit because the talent coaches. outweighed the coaching. Well, he had Dave Rand on that staff. He had Joe yeah, Brady had on that staff. a great staff, and, then, and it's LSU. Great. He had a great staff. And, and, and Ed Orgeron can bring in talent. Yes, he can. Uh, he just you know, couldn't stop dating women hey. and bringing them to practice and all kinds of stuff. Uh, hitting on, um, <laughs> you know, Board of Regents members, wives, <laughs> at gas stations. But, um, <laughs> the, but you know, then that's what you're looking for, and that's why you kind of like the trajectory of Shark of Sark is you know he he gets an A plus in talent acquisition his recruiting classes the staff he's built to recruit Jeff Banks spearheading that and then you know the portal and NIL at Texas helps a lot but at the same time he, he also is now showing I think that he's a pretty good coach too can you can combine the two then you can win at a high level in college football you have to have both of them maybe Dave Aranda not such a hot recruiter yeah it could be the case too yeah. and hasn't embraced the the transfer portal. You no, know, he's kind of gone the way of Mike Gundy and Dabo Swinney and some other coaches on that. That uh, you know, some coaches are all in and you know mm-hmm. getting after it, and then you're, they're reaping the benefits of that. So, yeah. so I yeah, just throwing it out there with Sawyer Robinson, just going back to it, they're gonna chunk it deep. They're gonna test Texas deep. Like I said, I think it's a misguided <laughs> uh, mentality, but that's part of what Baylor does offensively. So Texas DB should be ready for it. I think they will. He's not necessarily that accurate, and they don't have. Uh, I don't think they have skill position guys that Texas needs to fear on the outside. They need to be ready. And plus, I also think to throw it deep, they probably will go back to some, what Bama did to throw it deep, which is go to bunch formations. Remember, Bama had a lot of c- deep connections downfield vertically, uh, especially, you know, inside, kind of in between the numbers. And they targeted Texas safeties there, and they actually averaged, I think, over 18 yards per attempt when they were targeting any player who was in a bunch formation at the time. That's just a cluster of wide receivers or a cluster of receivers, period. It could be a tight end or a running back, whatever. So that I think Baylor will take some of that from that, that Bama game just because that's something that they do really well, too. All right, one other little nugget on the other side of the ball for the Texas-Baylor matchup. Uh, Baylor's rush defense is not great. Um, is you go look at it. Baylor, uh, Baylor has allowed the most rushing yards in the Big Twelve. Yeah, so far this season, a- averaging I mean allowing six yards per carry, and over two hundred rushing yards a game. Texas, remember my idea for Texas to juice the script, if you will, uh, to start out a little bit faster, to you know start out more like they did in Sark's previous years, right? His first twenty plays, which is his script to start out in 12 personnel, to start out in one back, two tight ends, just because if if Baylor's so concerned about their rush defense and they want to fix it, then they will either put extra guys in the box to, uh, you know, to insulate, all right, and sure up the rush defense, or they are, you know, they're not really concerned with their rush defense and they're going to try to defend Texas weapons on the perimeter. Uh, which is their passing game by weapons like X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders. Either way, Texas wins if they come out on 12 personnel. If they try to defend your weapons and they want numbers in the passing game, you can just run it yeah. down their throat because you'll have the mass advantage, you'll have the numbers advantage. If they try to insulate their rush defense and they want to throw more guys in the box because they know that's where they're weakest and they want to you know, guard against that, well, Texas also wins because that means you're going to be get one-on-one matchups on the outside with either A.D. Mitchell or J.T. Sanders. Probably not X-Men because they're probably going to roll coverage this way. So either way, that's why I think you – you let them pick their poison, and then you can come out and make an easy adjustment. Yeah, and it, it, that's why I said yesterday, through three games, there's not really a stat that tells you Baylor can can hang in this game. 
But, you know, it's conference play. It'll be a sellout crowd. It's going to be raucous. It's that environment. It's the, it's the real season now. Whatever's mm-hmm. happened so far, doesn't matter if you win this game if you're Baylor, but they haven't shown much on the field so far that indicates that they can. Getting us ready for Texas versus Baylor on Saturday. Pre-game show is going to be happening out at Doc's. Uh, in Sunset Valley, Doc's Backyard. Going to be a fun time with Ian Robbie. I'm going to try and make it out there. We'll see how my day goes. We're going to take one more break. Wrap it up for you here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Appreciate everybody playing along with us on the text line. To the texter asking about Tyler Shuck versus Quinn Ewers, I get that their numbers are similar. One played Alabama, one played Oregon. Shuck has run the ball a hell of a lot better. I'll give you that. Neither one of them is in the Heisman conversation, though. I know he'll Quinn has Heisman odds because people think he's going to do well throughout the season. But I don't think either one of their stats put him in, you know, neither one of them is going to New York right now. So I'm not saying Quinn is either. I'd like to see Quinn play better, too. I'm just not going to compare him to a arbitrary quarterback. I don't think that they're comparable quarterbacks right now. That's my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. I think San Francisco handles it easy. Uh, it is curious. Can they do better than the Cowboys against San Francisco? We'll see. We'll be back tomorrow with more Sports Complex. Until then, be safe, be kind, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Sports Complex right here on The Horn.